This is a Bible study on the seals, chapter 6 in Revelation. Quick prayer. Dear God, please open our eyes to what you wanted to communicate to us through these chapters of Revelation that we're reading. In Jesus' name, amen. The seals. So I will read through it directly from Scripture first, then I will go over the questions and answers from the study Bible that I have, and then I will go back again and add in any more comments I wrote all over my Bible uh, to, with notes as I was reading and discovering different things. So there may be some other things that I saw in here that maybe aren't commented on the side panels and I will bring those up too. So this might be a little bit longer one. The seals. I watched as the lamb opened the first of seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Then the lamb opened the fourth seal. I heard the voice I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beast of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. 
They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? That's the end of chapter 6. I will read the questions and answers about chapter 6 now. Link, it says, 6, 1 through 17, the seven seals. See the parallels between this passage and Matthew 24. Both passages mention wars, invasions, famines, earthquakes, and persecutions of Christian as a sign of the Messiah coming and at the end of the age in Matthew 24, verse 3. Both passages assure Christians that Christ is in control of these frightening calamities. So it probably would be good to go through Matthew 24 because there's a lot that we learn from Matthew 24. Um, The destruction of the temple and the signs of the times. So this is, uh, I'm just going to read chapter 24. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to those buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be Here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see, standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop Go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, the, those days will be shortened. 
At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out, or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the of man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. I'm going to pause because that's what it says in the sixth seal. So if we go back to Revelation, so that's Matthew 24. This is Jesus talking, and it's verse 29, and he gives that description. When we are in Revelation chapter 6, verses um, starting on 12, okay, listen to this. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. So Jesus said, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Kind of sounds very similar. And that's at the sixth seal. So continuing on in this chapter, then will appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn the lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender and its leaves come out, so you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. 
If the owner of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of servants in his household to give them food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is something important to pay attention to. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Well, that sounds like hell. And it sounds like hypocrites are the ones going to hell also. So then it continues on the um, parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went with him, to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So, and then there's more about the parables of the bags of gold. Um, I won't read that one. Um, and then there's the sheeps and the goats. So there's a lot more to read in chapter 25 of Matthew. But um, the parable of the 10 virgins, it's, it's about being prepared. It's about being prepared when Jesus returns. And there is going to, you know, God has an appointed time for everything. And there is a cutoff time. So when Jesus returns, if people haven't prepared prior to that, there's going to be a rude awakening. And if you read Matthew 24, just as I read, look at all the signs of the ends of the times and just think about what is going on in our world today. There's a lot of those signs that are happening. And I'm sure, you know, there's, you know, people will say, well, there's been signs like that forever throughout history. And there have been. Um, it's just a matter of those signs that are um, very obvious that are happening today, just like they were happening, you know, in past 
years when people maybe thought that it was approaching. But then when you get through the book of Revelation, and which we're doing right now, and then you start seeing that these things that the book of Revelation, it's all about the end of time, the end of our, our like common time, um, that the end of the earth before Jesus returns, the end of this age, I guess they call it. Uh, when you start reading Revelation and you see what is written about that will happen at that end time, you will start to see that those things are formulating right now. And so not only are the signs of the birth pains happening, but there's also the signs that are talked about in Revelation that are forming. So I don't know if in past years when people thought it could be the return of Christ coming soon, if all, I mean, actually, I do know because they weren't formed. They couldn't have formed. These things are the items are the descriptions in Revelation have not been all happening at the same time. So there's things to watch for. And also you need to know about the book of Daniel too, because there's a lot of um, the book of Daniel ties into this. And uh, as we go through, hopefully I've written some things about other prophets so that you can go and check those as well. And because there's lots of different prophecies that are in the Old Testament that match up to Revelation and give us other insight about the things that all, all the things that happen that will be at the end. So getting back to this um, scripture, um, we had talked about, um, let's see, I, I was starting to read the questions and answers and it went to Matthew 24 when we talked about the seals and the signs. So you heard from what Jesus said to his disciples about what the signs were. And then now getting back to the question, when will these terrifying events occur? And that's they will happen both prior to and on the great day of their wrath. Their wrath refers to the wrath of God and Christ. The six seals opened in this chapter represent ever-present atrocities, military invasions, wars, famines, deaths, the martyrdom of Christians, earthquakes, Newspaper headlines and other news sources bombard us with images of these threats which have always existed. Still, it seems likely that these horrors will increase greatly as the end nears. This passage reminds us that even evil powers work only by divine permission. The writers were given their powers by God himself. Question. Who is the conqueror? This is probably a picture of the powerful destructive force of military conquest. The three writers the conqueror is grouped with, violence, famine, and death, are evil and brutal in their impact. So it is not likely that this conquering writer is the same as the writer described in 19. 11 through 21, which is clearly a reference to Christ. Question, what do the four horsemen symbolize? The horsemen are thought to symbolize four powerful forces that harm people, brute militarism, war and violence, famine and food shortages, death and hell. 
question. Why announce the price of food? To show how terrible the famine described here would be, wheat and barley, staples in the ancient world, would sell at extravagant prices. People will spend an entire day's wages for just enough food to keep them alive. Question. What is this altar that has souls beneath it? This imagery is reminiscent of the altar of sacrifice from Exodus 29 verse 12, which stood in the temple's outer court. Under that altar was a trough that caught the blood of the sacrificed animals. In the context of Revelation, the trough under the altar catches the souls of victims who were killed because of their witness. Question, why would God set a certain number who had to die for their faith? God allows certain things to occur, including the deaths of his servants, with which provident, uh, providentially can further his ultimate purposes. One early Christian wrote, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, meaning that some non-Christians saw the faith and courage of martyrs and decided to con- convert, causing the church to grow. The fact that there is a number to be killed emphasizes that ultimately God is in control and works all things for redemptive purposes. Question, are these events to be taken literally or symbolically? People disagree. Some see a literal reading, um, let's see, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, and note that other poetic descriptions in this chapter describe literal calamities such as war and famine. Other people say this symbolizes God's final judgment using images familiar in Old Testament prophecies like Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10, uh, chapter 34, verse 4, and Joel chapter 2, verse 3, verse 31. Question, what is the great day of the wrath? It is time of judgment at Christ's final coming. And that's from, I think, Nahum chapter 1, verse 6, and Zephaniah chapter 1, 14 through 15. It will bring wrath on the wicked and reward to the faithful. Chapter 7 focuses on those who are spared God's wrath. What is the significance of the four winds of the earth? Actually, I'm reading ahead here. So, uh, the in the Old Testament, wind often denotes judgment from God. To say that the wind is blowing from all the four corners, like our four compass points of the earth, shows that God's judgment will complete and come to the entire earth. So, getting back to um, the seals, some notes that I wrote about here. Um, was just about breaking the seals means the covenant or contract is breaking down or being opened and it's the process that has to be go that has to go through before it's turned over to the new owner. And um I also wrote that it was Zechariah six, chapter six, where it talked about the four different horses that he saw on the myrtle trees, and then within that chapter of Zechariah it says that these horses were spirits. So theoretically, and this is just my opinion, these horses could be spiritual forces that are a part of the, you know, of what's going to happen. 
And um, when we look at the conqueror on the white horse, the first one, he held a bow. And uh, someone else had pointed this out that it doesn't say anything about an arrow. He just has a bow in his hand. And that's kind of just interesting just to think about a writer with a bow. And he was given a crown, so he has some sort of authority. And he was on a quest. Um, He was a conqueror bent on a conquest. So he's trying to conquer something. So it's um, that's kind of interesting. And then the next horse, obviously, is war. And we can we can see some of this. I don't know. Um, there's things just to pay attention to the sequence of events, somebody conquering, trying to gain territory, creating a war, and then probably naturally after a war, a famine could occur. We've certainly seen a lot of things in our world today where, um, so much has happened where cows have been killed, fires have burned all these different food plants all over the place. Um, there's just like a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, there's been just massive fires all over the place and um, affecting food supply. And it's just these things are happening in our world. And every time we see stuff like this on the news, it really makes you think about these chapters. And then, of course, war erupting. I mean, right now we just, you know, this is just a, a week after uh, the... Uh, the terrorist attack on Israel um, on October 7th. And so we're obviously seeing war to a level, an extreme level. In fact, Israel, they're comparing it to the Holocaust and even worse than the Holocaust in one day, the number of lives that were lost and the brutality that went along with that. So we're seeing, we're seeing war. We're seeing, I don't know if, if these seals have been opened or if that's if it's going to be something greater than what we're seeing right now Um, but famine is certainly on the horizon everybody if you are on social media or any kind of news there's been a lot of talk in the news about food shortages and scarcity and stuff like that and ironically this is about the seals and then you know, shortly after, I mean, that's the, so you have the first one's the conqueror, the second one's the war, the third one is a shortage of food, or you have to work really hard to get just a day's supply of food. And then after that, the fourth one is death and Hades. So the rider of the horse was named death. I mean, that there's not a lot of symbolism in that. I mean, death is death. And then Hades, that's the place where people who are not saved go to await judgment. So Hades is like hell, but it's not the permanent place. It's a placement until judgment happens. So there's, you know, it says Hades follows close behind. So that is something else to pay attention to. Now, the interesting part about this was that on the, it says, when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its riders was named Death, and Hades was following close behind. Now it says, they were given 
power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. So when this comes about, this is going to be something extremely significant because we're talking about a fourth of the earth and it's a killing and it's going to happen by sword. So that would be by war, by famine, by plague, and by the wild beast of the earth. So if you're looking for something to happen, look for those things. Wars, famine, plague, wild beast of the earth. So when this uh, fourth rider or the fourth seal is broken, that's when all of that comes together. And then when the fifth seal, there's people that are under the altar, our souls that are under the altar wanting judgment to come, but being told to wait a while. And then they were given their robes, so they had to wait. And then there were going to be more of their brothers and sisters who were killed. So when people have this um, opinion of a pre-tribulation rapture, this is where I struggle with scripture does not support that. It says that you wait, um, these people who have been persecuted are underneath the altar and they are told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. So there's, there's more, I mean, that's certainly your part of the tribulation. And that's something that everyone needs to mentally prepare for just, you know, if, if something happens contrary to that, be thankful. Um, but what scripture says, so this is on the fifth seal, many are killed. Then we see when the sixth seal happens, there was this big earthquake. This is when it sounds like Jesus returns because just as in Matthew 24, when he talked about the sun turning black and the moon didn't give its light, but this, this one says the moon turned blood red. This, and then Jesus said the stars in the, in the sky fell and it says the same thing here. All of that happens and this is when it's like earth, earth shaking and Jesus returns and that's at the sixth seal. It is also written about in Micah chapter 1 verse 4, the same description, and Joel chapter 3 verse 15, I think is what I wrote there, and then Matthew 24. So again, we have three witnesses, as we mentioned before, that God usually says that truth is established by two to three witnesses. Well, we have three witness, four witnesses now. We have Micah talking about this, we have Joel we have Jesus talking about it in Matthew, and we have John seeing this in the book of Revelation as he, he's written about. So there are four different places, and I believe there's actually more places. I just didn't write all that down that it gives you the same description. So it's something to pay attention to because right after that, that's when the people that are here on the earth, and it says, um, you know, the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks, and 
they were calling out, you know, follow us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from God and from the wrath of the lamb, from the wrath of Jesus for the great day of their wrath has come and who can withstand it. So that's giving you kind of the sequence of events. In my opinion, um, we will continue reading um, chapter seven next time. And it's about the 144,000 that are sealed. So next time we'll, we'll cover that part.